Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We haven't seen each other in a couple weeks. So yeah, we've someone's been traveling. Been out and about a little bit <laughs> here and there, everywhere. So where were you two weeks ago? Let's let's focus on that. First. That would have been chronologically the start of all the traveling about, and that was Atlanta Line Dance Jam in Atlanta, Georgia, or thereabouts, somewhere. If not in the city itself, then I guess somewhere nearby, as tends to happen a lot with these kinds of events, where, for example, I think Boston is in Quincy, Quincy, Massachusetts. Boston Showdown is in Quincy, but not Boston itself. This one may actually be in Atlanta, I'm not certain. Okay. It was definitely by the airport. That's good. Yes. I taught Let Me Love You, Dr. Doctor, and sort of a surprise, I didn't know I'd be teaching three, but I'm happy that I got to share it with folks. Put the hurt on me. Yay. Yay. And I think this was actually while Midland's album was in the process of being released, because I think their album came out on August 23rd, and I was at the event during the weekend of the album's release. So I was able to kind of celebrate Midland's album release with the release of, well, the teaching of that dance. It had already been released. So now, obviously, I know my process mm-hmm. of selecting dances mm-hmm. to teach as an instructor mm-hmm. when it comes to different types of events, whether it be at the local classes, at the local venue that we teach at, covering a venue we teach, or at a circuit event. What inspired you to choose these two classics over something that's brand new, although you did get to teach your new dance, Put the Hurt on Me? Well, actually, I ended up doing a little bit of homework um, in finding these two specific dances. I knew that we had, what's, what's the full name? Is it the dance experience, the lion dance experience, or is it just experience? We have an event called Experience coming up, and... At that event, among others, there will be Rachel McEnany-White teaching. And then a couple weeks later, scheduled to teach, uh, we had Rob Fowler, Rachel, and many others um, for the six-day event that is Vegas Dance Explosion. So I thought, hmm, people are probably going to want it. First of all, they're going to want to dance Rachel dances because I want to dance Rachel dances. and she just has so many great ones in her back catalog. This also is a rare opportunity for people to dance Rob and Rachel dances, AKA for most of uh, what people would know of their, their collaborations, Masters and Lion dances. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time that I was looking for dances by Masters and Lion to teach, thought that they were all four-way collaborations. Masters and Lion, at the time that it existed, uh, was comprised of Rob Fowler, Rachel McEnany-White, Paul McAdam, and Pedro Machado. I just assumed that anything that said Masters and Lion was by all of them. I then, when I was looking for step sheets for different dances, saw in the choreographed by little specific things, saying, like, choreographed by Rachel McEnany-White and Paul McAdam, as masters in line. Yeah. So it wasn't really Rob and Rachel and, you know, the four of them all partying together. Some of these dances were just Rachel and Paul. Uh, some of the ones that I have pulled up here that I found out were just the two of them are Guilty, New Flow, Poetry in Motion, Pump It, Street Soul, and Time to Ride. 
two of the ones that we already know that we dance and enjoy and keep fresh in our reviews every few months are Dr. Doctor and Let Me Love You. And those two are credited to all four of them. Okay. Yes. So I, I knew that those would be Masters in Line classics that they could each be part of and could dance as um, proud parents of the dance in Vegas. Dr. Doctor, we actually still do regularly at Stoney's Rock and Rodeo. We do. Uh, I like the boom, ba, boom, ba. Because they do a, at the grad, the Davis graduate before they closed, they would do a hot cross buns. It's actually just Elvis knees. And yeah. in, in the dance um, step sheet itself, it's knee, 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 knee. And instead, the kids there will do jump out, jump right over left, and then spin for two counts. And then you restart. Uh, so that one, that one I've always just known as being like a local dance that I enjoy that later I found out was Masters in Line. Let Me Love You, I think I just saw it somewhere late night, probably a big bang because they do a lot of Masters in Line uh, at that event. And those seemed like dances that would be not only teachable um, and you know, enjoyable to dance, but useful for people who, for Dr. Doctor, cannot get a Rachel video on her Vimeo to watch. That is not one of the dances that she has a tutorial for. Mm-hmm. The other one, Let Me Love You, some might say should have been a phrased dance because you do the first 32 counts to the front and then you do the first 32 counts again to the back and you have 64 counts right there. And then you know you do a bunch of other counts and then it cuts off at four and then the last bit, the fall away followed by the mambo um, side rocks, forward rock, and then side rock, that's like its own unit of, I think, 32 counts. One and two, three and four, five and six, seven and eight, one and two, three and four, five and six. That's actually 16 counts. It all could have been broken down in today's step sheets as a more phrased dance that would look easier to parse. But for a first-time you know, learner off of step sheets who is hoping to teach this to themselves, having watched it late night at some event, they're going to see... 108 count dance? No. And they'll just think that it's, you know, it, it doesn't have repeating patterns. It's too complicated. Having this teach at the event at Hotlanta, I figured would show them that the dance is learnable. And then when they do eventually go back to the step sheet for review, they'll say, oh, 108? It didn't feel that way. It mm-hmm. felt easy because of how it was broken down at Hotlanta Line Dance Jam. That's why I picked those two dances. Uh, also, I like the idea that for being you know as long as co- and complex as it is, let me love you is one wall. So I like the idea that you can change somebody's idea of what a one wall dance can be. Mm-hmm. So you kind of touched a little bit on it, mm. but why classic as opposed to something new? Well, okay, so a couple reasons for that. One, we have seen so many discussions, especially in this past year. Partly instigated by Darren Bailey posts uh, that he's done lately on Facebook, um, suggesting that maybe we should be teaching more classics or sticking with dances longer and not just churning out a bunch of dances uh, willy-nilly and not letting them stick among the the population. Uh, I really like the idea of putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak. And if, if, if that's something we've said on the podcast we agree with, then maybe it's something that at events we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So having an opportunity to 
actually teach classics, uh, I figured why not take it? You know, because I could teach some old dance that I choreographed like in 2017 or whatever, but I think that these, especially at this time specifically, um, were going to be more useful for people. Not everybody has a Luann Schemmel or a Betsy Courant at, in their area to teach them older dances. And not every current choreographer is willing to take time out of their slots to teach an older dance by someone else uh, when they could instead promote their newest dance, which makes sense. You know, how are people going to know that you've released a new dance unless you teach it? Right. And it's not anyone else's responsibility. If you're the choreographer, then, you know, you should be mm -hmm. the one to teach it yourself. And that way people really get a sense of how it was intended to be danced. Understanding that and not really having any new dances that I needed to, to put out there in the same way that, you know, other people might feel that kind of pressure. I, I felt like I had the freedom to just kind of teach whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted people to get that experience, if they could, at Vegas of dancing these people's dances with them. I, I've seen people get super excited to dance like Shady with Darren, Fred, and Amy. Yes. Or Skinny Love with, with Roy or you know, any yeah. of these other pairings of, uh, of dancer and dance. And... Who knows when we're going to see Rob and Rachel at the same event, right. especially in the United States. Maybe at some Legends event in the UK, maybe at a future Masters and, uh, Master, World Dance Masters. But in the United States, when are they ever at the same event? She's right. based in Florida. Uh, I don't see Rob at a lot of Florida events. so Yeah, I he generally doesn't come stateside too much. Right. So if people want to dance these Masters in Line classics that were choreographed half by them... Uh, this would be their time to do that. And if, like I said, if they don't have a local instructor to teach them these dances and they can't get it from a Vimeo teach on Rachel's channel or easily off of a step sheet that says 108 counts, ah, right. uh, then maybe, maybe that is something that I, I should offer. Thanks. Also, I just kind of, you know, part of, part of it was thinking like, Hotlanta announced that it was going to be the last year that they would be hosting Hotlanta Line Dance Jam. And I wanted people to have something especially useful and memorable for them to look forward to at the event in case, you know, maybe they were on the fence. They're thinking about it. They live in the area. But, you know, they, they need to save their money for Vegas and Windy City and Orlando, you know, with Florida Line Dance Classic in December. There are a lot of events coming up. So it's hard to choose which event you go to when budget is limited, when time off of work is limited. True. There's so many factors that can cause you to not go to an event. And I saw that there were people not going to this event or not planning to, and I wanted to give them a reason to plan to. And in my mind, by providing these two teaches, which they might not get somewhere else, they would have a rare opportunity at Hotlanta specifically to take these classes that would be useful for them for the ones for the events that they are already planning to go to. So that might be enough to push them over the edge, sign up for the event, maybe sign up for the special instructor dinner, all the bells and whistles, really make this final Hotlanta Line Dance Jam something to talk about with their friends that would make them think, you know, 
maybe in like three years they should bring this one back. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to see this one go. As opposed to, well, I never saw anything different about this event from any other event, so I guess that's okay. No, it's, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. We don't want to see line dance disappear anywhere, whether it's a local class that has to be canceled or a country bar that you know, isn't making ends meet and has to turn it over to like mm-hmm. salsa night or hip hop night or whatever other kind of night instead of line dance. If we can preserve as many places to dance as we can, then the scene overall is stronger. And that includes big events like Hotlanta. Agreed. Um, I know for me also, one of the reasons why I generally try and bring at least one quote unquote classic dance is because I only came into this a few years ago myself. Mm. And there's so many more people coming into it uh, that I have met that are like, oh, yeah, this is my first event ever. This is the second time I've been to this event or something along those lines that I'm like, there's so many new people. They have no idea what was danced 20 years ago, 10 years ago. You know, so here's an opportunity to get them caught up on something and then also to, you know, give a little... I guess, seed to plant at the idea of like, they don't have to necessarily look for the newest, hottest dance. They can go and look at an archive. Mm -hmm. They can go, well, you know, my dancers really enjoy Scott Blevins. Let's see what he has. What has he taught? Or Darren Bailey or Rachel, Masters in Line. You know, before traveling to events, I had no idea that there was such thing as choreographers, let alone groups of choreographers like Masters in Line, Mm -hmm. or that people co-choreographed things. And it's an easy way to get your students who may be attending an event um, a really good opportunity to, if it's multiple choreographers, in this case, Masters in Line, that if they're going to be in the stateside and they're going to be with Rachel's, there's a chance that they can dance a Masters in Line dance because Rachel was a part of it. Or because there was all four of them, if they go you know, overseas, UK, there's Rob and Pedro. Um, you know, so those are still options for people. And now they know one dance and it covers three instructors mm-hmm. or four instructors or however many. Because sometimes they, they get very creative on how many people are on one step sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's just an idea that, you know, chances are either A, most people have forgotten these dances and even forgotten that they've enjoyed these dances, Mm -hmm. but also here they now have an opportunity to learn them or relearn them and dance them. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely something I like to bring to the table. Yeah. And we keep track of everything. Like (laughs) we have, whenever possible, you know, written playlists of events like what was played in in the late night ballroom set um what was taught like we keep all our schedules we have everything Mm -hmm. um, that we've received in our registration packets yep and we can show people like yeah this was what we did at our first big bang in 2017 and this is gonna you know sound more impressive 20 years from now that was only two years ago but but (laughs) yeah like you know we we've um we've kind of been watching everything and sometimes we participate. Sometimes we throw out some choreography and and uh, you know, start new nights at places. But a lot of what we did, especially earlier on, was just kind of watch and see what is it, what is making people excited to uh, to have come on, like uh, soul food, which we still haven't learned. But like that's one that I don't think will go away because it makes people happy. Mm-hmm. Party night is newer. 
but it lights people up. Right. And so these are the things that we kind of pay attention to. And I, you know, with with my stacks of paper around me, I, I I think about like the future and what I'm going to be teaching in ten or twenty years as a classic, as it later will be, like like Party Night. You know, Doctor Doctor might have been the exciting thing for its year, and you know, like Hot Tamales or Jukebox. And people are still excited by them now when it's a new for them dance. Yes. Just like it was new for the world back then, it still hits people who are learning it for the first time as strongly today as it did back then. Sometimes people will ask why I don't know some dance that just came out three months ago. I say, oh, I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting right now. I'm just going to see where this one goes. And as we've mentioned in previous episodes, it took us about you know almost a year to learn, watch the tempo and whatever it takes just because we were watching and waiting, seeing what was going to happen with it. I'm finally at a place where I think I'm ready to learn Come Alive. <laughs> but like once we do, this is a dance we're going to be beating people over uh-huh. the head with for the next 10 years. So I'm comfortable waiting because I know once I have it, I'm not going to let it go. And all those dances that I mentioned... Um, like Guilty, New Flow, Poetry in Motion, Pump It, Street Soul, Time to Ride. We have been reviewing those recently. Who knows how many years ago those dances came out. And we are relearning them, reviewing them, and teaching them to our people, our, our students in the area, because we want to keep dancing them, and we want them to have the experience of dancing them. And just like spinning plates, we're keeping the plates spinning for you know the next time that we need to re-spin them so that they mm-hmm. never fall and never... Fall by the wayside. Ha ha. Yes. Metaphorical. <laughs> anyway, um, w- when when we make a choice, like, and not to say that you know we take it super over seriously or anything, but when we make a choice to learn a dance, I mean, I know for me at least, it feels like a big deal. Like I am, I'm starting a long term relationship with this dance. Yes, I have definitely. That same thing, mm-hmm. learning a dance, mm-hmm. as well as then teaching a dance too. Like mm-hmm. there's two different levels of my relationship with dances. And it's like, okay, yes, no, I've decided this is a dance I want to experience essentially as much as I can for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at these dances because I plan on doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to pull me off the, the dance floor when it's time to go. <laughs> um now, teaching is another thing, too, mm. because like I want as many people to know these dances, but I also have to really, really like this dance and be willing to hear it mm-hmm. on repeat because I've noticed line dancers, I please try not to take offense to this, are like dogs with bones when it comes to dances they like. Mm. They will not let them go. That is theirs, and you are going to just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I love that, because I'm the same way. <laughs> so I love when people find a new dance or a new-to-them dance mm. and just jump in on it. But if I'm the one teaching it at my event that happens every Thursday, I have to make sure that... Am I willing to risk hearing this on repeat? Am I willing to risk having to dance this every single week? And a lot of times I really have to consider the dance and be like, 
is this going to overplay it for me? Mm. Or do I just like it because it's new and hot? Or I just discovered it? Or is there something about this dance that is going to go the length and everybody needs to know it and needs to know it right now? Mm-hmm. And so I will just teach it and teach it and teach it. And doesn't matter how many times I hear the song, I'm just going to love it every single time. Mm-hmm. So um, with that said, like you, I'm very aware of what I am going to be a dog with a bone and not let go. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to learning dances, I like you. I do watch and sometimes it's sometimes there's a dance that just catches my attention because it catches my attention. Mm-hmm. For instance, in the six. Mm-hmm. I saw that, I heard the song, I had to learn it. Uh, wiser and older. Saw it, heard the song, had to learn it. And I'm so glad I learned both of those. Whether those go or come, it's it's not it's not it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Dances like watch the tempo and whatever it takes and come alive. There was something about them that I liked, but not enough to jump on them right away. It was like, oh yeah, do I like this song? This is pretty good. Or oh, I like the steps in that dance. But for whatever reason, where I was mentally, physically, and emotionally as a dancer, I didn't feel like this needed to be in my body right this second. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched a little bit and I've gone, okay, yeah. Okay, now the song's really grown on me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the more I see everybody dancing this dance, the more I see everybody having fun. And here I am sitting on the sidelines watching everybody else have fun. Mm -hmm. When I could be participating in the fun, Mm -hmm. you know. And yes, it is definitely nice to sometimes just watch a dance and enjoy everybody else enjoying it if it's really not something for you. But then there's those ones that are like, I feel kind of silly that I have missed out on all this fun all this time. Mm -hmm. So now that I feel silly, we're going to fix that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'll learn the dances that I had been putting off or whatever because they hadn't gone anywhere. And it's been essentially flashing neon lights in front of my face. Okay, it's time for you to learn. It's time for you to get on the floor and dance it with everybody else. Mm -hmm. So... I definitely understand the taking your time situation on on the learning of dances. This also um, applies to choreography. And you know, speaking of Rob Fowler, he's the one who told us in Vegas he'll listen to a song forty times, and if he feels like he needs to skip it any time during those forty loops, he won't choreograph to it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how hyperbolic that is, or like that's like a real thing he does. It sounds like it might actually be, because he travels a lot. He could loop stuff 40 times on a flight. Well, um, how many times did you listen to Put the Hurt on Me? Well, (laughs) funny you should ask. I just pulled it up on my phone, and it's 319 times so far. (laughs) And for everyone else, the album just came out um, August 23rd. (laughs) So they, they probably have not heard it that many times yet. But when I heard that released as a single before the album came out, there were so many things I wanted to hear again. Mm-hmm. And then I'd play it again and hear something new. And I just imagine that I'm not so much of an outlier of a person that, you know, 
the way I hear things is drastically different. So to me, that seems like you know an experience other people would have. They would hear it a first time on the radio. They'd hear it a second time, and be like, "Oh, this is the one that has that." I like that. Uh, I wonder if they're going to do that again. I'll leave the radio on, and then you know, half hour later, oh, play it again. Great. I wonder if there's a dance to this. Like, right. That's that's what I ex- imagine other people's experience would be with that song. And when they hear when they heard it, they would want to dance it. And when I heard it and there weren't any dances that I could dance to it. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm going to play it some more, but, but, but I really want to make something for this. And you know, I went through several drafts and, uh, you know, so, something would feel like, well, this is kind of okay, I guess. Like this part's a little wonky and I wish this part were different, but I, I could release it as is. And then I'd listen to the song another 15 times. Like, ah, no, nah, uh, it'll drive me crazy. If I do this there instead of something else, I'm going to have to change that. And that's one of the reasons I felt really excited about teaching Put the Hurt on Me at Hotlanta was you know, I want to teach this for another six months or however long because I want to keep hearing the song. I like right. the song. And you know, people are only going to hear more of it now that the album is out. I totally sidetracked. You were talking about Rob Fowler, and I just I knew the reference because I I knew we had had that conversation with Rob um, in his interview, mm-hmm. which you can definitely find in our archive arch, archives. Okay, we're Arch- dancers, not speakers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's taken my lessons know I have my own language. It's called Meganese, and it's just a thing, and you learn it while you take my classes. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> I digress. Uh, you were talking about Rob Fowler, and that's where we got the information of hearing a song on repeat, which is also why we think about when we're dancing and learning dances and teaching dances, you really have to be aware that you're going to hear it a lot. And if you really, really like it, then that's great. And if all of a sudden you notice yourself yourself wanting to skip or like what else is out there, then you know that there's something something going on mm-hmm. but oh go ahead you look like you had something yes yeah, something else um that affects whether i'll choreograph to something or you know want to teach something is or even learn something does the song make me want to move mm-hmm. like when you hear uptown funk you need to dance something to it right. doesn't matter if it's the electric slide it makes you twitch your foot in its chair mm-hmm. like you need to do something with that beat and dr doctor has a like you need to do you need to like tap a knee you gotta right. do something while that's playing and this past um well two weeks i guess i'd say there's another track that i've been listening to and i won't say what it is because i'm not sure if i want to do anything with it but i don't know that it makes me want to move. Apparently, according to Last.fm, I have listened to this track 88 times. It's a five-minute song. Oh, I have a couple of those that I've been avoiding because of the length. Right, yeah. So let's see, five minutes times 88 is 440 divided by 60. I have listened to this song 7.3 repeating hours. Just like if I were to sit and do nothing but listen to it, that's how many hours I would have listened to it. Uh, this, the album just came out last Friday. As a single, it came out while I was at Hotlanta. It, it was released the Friday night of Hotlanta, and I stayed up all night listening to it on loop. 
I would like to see the numbers on how many times I listened to it. Um, and part of that was watching the music video because they released the music video when the song came out. And I liked the music video. So I was watching the video and listening to the song. I don't know what I want to do about that, but that's another vital component. I can't just listen to something on loop and love how it sounds and still want to dance it. Yes, that's another thing. Yeah. So going back to Hotlanta, mm-hmm. we've talked about what you taught there. Right. Um, you arrived Thursday morning, day, sometime, whatever. You left early in the morning and arrived it during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like most events you and I have attended, it's, it was a Thursday welcome party. Friday was the first start of the lessons mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, what was it like being on staff at an event that you knew unfortunately was its last hurrah well like did that change more than just your deciding on what you're going to teach because i know that was a factor on what you were going to teach i mean we had just come from teaching at dancing up a storm at kansas city mm-hmm. in kansas city missouri and people can listen to our reflections from that episode I think we both agreed that it was it was nice finding things to do, like finding ways to be useful and helpful for the overall success of the event and making sure everybody was um, having a good time. And I just, I guess I was still kind of grooving on that okay. <laughs> going into this event. I was actually talking with somebody about this recently who asked, you know, do you prefer attending, like just being a dancer at an event or being on staff and I think if I'm just a dancer if I'm if if my only responsibility there is to dance it'll put more pressure for me on like requests or did I dance everything that I wanted to Uh, were there dances being taught that I wanted to learn because otherwise like was it worth my money or something but if I'm on staff then it doesn't really matter as much to me what gets played because I'm not worried about Am I dancing enough? Right. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. how is everyone else here doing? Like this this group of young folks, you know, these twenty somethings who showed up over the weekend in the corner, like, are they getting enough dancing in? Because it was for a couple of them their very first event ever. And they're based out of Orlando, so I guess they must have missed fun in the sun or something. Um, this was their first event, and I I didn't want it to just seem like well, most events are like this, but this event is different, so don't count this one. Like, this is just a okay. preview of a later event that you'll go to somewhere else. I wanted this experience to feel like a memorable first event for them. And even for people like our friend Celine, who seems to be at every event. Right? I don't, I don't know, know how, how she does, she it. does it. <laughs> yeah, she, she's just <laughs> everywhere. And I know how it feels to go to a lot of events in the space of a few months and have them blur together and not remember what was distinctive about one versus another. And where possible, I hoped that I would be able to contribute toward people's um, impression of this event being distinctive so that it wasn't just another event like mm-hmm. some other you know, that they're going to go to next week or that they went to the previous week. What was different about this? What did they get to see danced? What what did I throw into a lesson that they weren't expecting? I didn't even, okay, huh, huh, huh. sometimes you learn on the job. During Dr. Doctor, 
uh, during the side shuffle, rock recover, side shuffle, rock recover into the Monterey turns. Yes. Apparently, it occurred to me like the second I started going into that sequence that it's like a slingshot where <laughs> you rock, you, you do your Lindy, and, and after the rock recover on the left side, you rock your right back, recover onto the left. And then you, it, it's like loading that right foot back. And then you fire it into a Monterey turn. You point that right toe out. Mm -hmm. You bring it back in. You make your half turn. You point. And then you point. And then you spin around. And you do your, your last part of the Monterey. And that dance is made of so many eight counts that are just kind of... Chunks? Yeah. Chunked uh, together like Lego blocks okay. almost. Yeah. That it can be hard to remember which time do I do which thing. Am I walking forward? Am I shuffling forward? Am I shuffling to the side? And making those little connections between the sequences, like the Lindy slingshots you into the Monterey's. Okay, now from the Monterey's, we've just given our toes all these things to do. Let's, let's be balanced, use the other part of our feet. Let's use our heels. Now we're gonna do our heel and toe and toe and heel and heel and toe and toe and heel. And man, that was a lot of activity. So let's take a breather and step, bounce, 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 and step, bounce. We're just going to breathe for a few counts. And All right. That, for me, give, gives me something to remember about the event because I've never taught Dr. Doctor that way before. And I've taught Dr. Doctor before to Sonoma State Line Dance Club. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, with them, it's just kind of like you just do it. You know, you just show them the steps and they just do it. You don't have to think about making it memorable or giving them mnemonic devices. You know, they just take it as it is because their brains work that way because they're in their 20s. And, right. And it's just everything's easy. But uh, I, I knew that um, for, for folks who are seeing this for the first time and they've just been doing a whole weekend worth of dances. I taught this dance, I think, what was it, Sunday? Sunday. Okay. They've had a full weekend of teaches. Their brains are fried. I wanted to give them every shortcut that I could. And that was one of those things that they might come away from the event with that they might not have thought about before. Even if they already knew Dr. Doctor, now they know Dr. Doctor has a slingshot in it. <laughs> they might not have known that before. Yeah. I, I wonder whether Rob, Rachel, Paul, and Pedro knew that there was a slingshot in Dr. Doctor. But now, if they listen to this episode, they will as well. Right. So yeah, any place that I could find... Um, a memorable moment, kind of like how with teachers, they think like, well, how can I make this a teachable moment? This kid just threw a chair at somebody else and now I, I need to calm the whole room down and make this a teachable moment. Right. You know, how could I find places in the weekend where even if somebody looked like they weren't dancing, maybe this the next few minutes could be something special for them. Uh, do they know that there's another request room going on in the next room over? Maybe they ought to check that out. Did they ever consider, wow, electric church, electric slide, those names are so similar. I don't know electric church. Maybe I could do electric slide. So some of us did electric slide. I like, I like that. You do generally That's floor I, split electric that, church with electric slide. Did dancing up a storm too. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, and, and you know, having Carrie say that, uh, I think, which dance was it? There was one that she was saying goes, oh, it was Love You More. She said, have you ever tried doing Love You More with electric church? Because um, apparently... When you do the walk, 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 kick, back, 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 touch at the end, you can do the digga, 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 church. It like goes with the oh, shimmies. And I had never tried that before. So by being willing to explore and try different things and, and talk to new people and maybe try to follow dances that I hadn't mm -hmm. tried to follow before, it would be a series of new experiences for me and anybody sitting by watching 
would have a new experience watching my new experiences. Right. And this is, you know, of course, an alternative to what would be easy, which is just playing it safe, dancing the dances I know, not dancing the ones I don't know, talking to all of my same familiar faces of friends and hiding in the DJ booth. That, that I've, I don't want to say I've done that before because I can't recall a time that it's specifically I've done that before in the last like two years, but it's so easy to do if you don't notice you're doing it. Yes. And I think by being on staff, to answer your question, you know, what was like being on staff at this last event, uh, by being on staff, you remember that there is more to do than just dance the dances you like and, and disappear the rest of the time. And this is everyone else's event too. Like, how are they doing? Check in, see what they're up to. Uh, are they sitting because they're tired? Are they sitting because they don't know this one? Uh, is there anything that they learned earlier in the day that they really hope to see on the request list? Is there any dance that they already danced that night that they just can't get enough of? And you know, maybe they can sneak in the request in the next room over and get to do it twice tonight. There, there are a lot of things that you can do just by trying to think differently from it's like Tim Ferriss's thing uh, in his theme song for the, the Tim Ferriss show, his podcast. He has a quote from somebody, I think it might be Steve Jobs, like, uh, saying, what if I did the opposite? And it's just like a little soundbite, a little clip, but it stuck out for me when I heard that in his intro. And you think like, what am I doing right now? What if I did the opposite? What would that look like? Mm-hmm. And how could that shake things up? So that, that was definitely one of the things that I had in mind uh, over the course of the weekend if this weren't the last time? What if you went into it thinking, well, after this year, they have to do it next year. Because yeah. this, this year was so exciting and memorable and fun that you know, if, if they cancel it, there's going to be a riot. How I, can you make that experience happen for people? I like that outlook. Yeah. That's a good one. I had never thought about the question whether I enjoy being an attendee or on staff more. And I, can th- I think... Like as you, I was listening to you and everything like that. My own analysis is one hundred percent confidence in I would rather be on staff mm-hmm. than just an attendee. And I say just an attendee because there's a there's a level that for me I feel like I am best suited at the service for others. Mm. Like I excel. I am the happiest. I am the most positive when I can be of assistance to someone else. And like you were mentioning, when you're on staff, it's like this little switch gets clicked in my brain that I'm here for everyone else. Mm-hmm. What can I do? What more can I do? What, can I sit with this one person? There's a group of people I haven't talked to in two days, and I have two days left of this event. Let's go make some new friends. There's the idea of floor splitting because you've noticed that a few people have sat out several. Or, for instance, you said, do they know that there's another ballroom available? Or I've even gone up to people who were going over a dance and totally jumped in on their review and be like, what are we learning? You know, and just kind of made that a moment that not only do I get to be a part of something, but when they look back and I'm on staff and here I am an instructor coming and just jumping into their little lesson, that's something that they can hold on because I was still perfect example of how when you meet an instructor, 
in a unique fashion, it sticks out with you. I still remember how I met Amy, which you can listen to our Vegas podcast on that one. Um, I was just telling one of my friends last night that Simon Ward's dance, Thinkin' Country, will always have a special place in my memory for me because it was the dance I was walking, I was calling out in Vegas. My first event, I didn't even realize I was already calling dances on the floor until I looked back at this and went, huh, I started my first event. Gotta love it. Um, I was calling out the steps for one of my friends who didn't know the dance from LA and she was learning it on the floor with me and we were done we were dancing it and as it was concluding at the very end joe thompson zemanski walks up to me and thanks me for calling out the dance because she knew she knew it she just couldn't remember it right off top of her head and she thanked me for that and that's how i met joe i mean it's just the smallest little things that when i'm for instance in this incident's example i am helping one of my friends here i am going no no you're gonna learn this dance you're going to come on, come on, come on. You're going to enjoy this. I promise you can do this. I am helping you. I was also helping Joe and I didn't realize it, you know, cause thank heavens I didn't realize it. I might have panicked had I like put my Lego pieces ki- together. Um, but that's something where I feel like I am programmed naturally in my body for, and when I am an attendee. Yes, of course. I love going to these events. I wouldn't miss them just because I'm an attendee. Like that's why I'm still going to so many even though I'm not on staff because there's something that I gain from every single event. There's something I gain from every single instructor, from every single event director. There's just always something that I can learn to then better myself as a person, a dancer, an instructor, an event host and then pass it forward. But when it comes to being on staff, like I look back at Kansas City dancing up a storm and I am just, I'm still riding the high of that wave because I felt like I did everything I've ever wanted to at an event by helping others. Like I loved selling the raffle tickets. I was useful. It was something to do. I helped raise money. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to interact with people. I got to joke with people. And people will remember the one time Joanne and Megan did XYZ. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, I was very lucky that my partner was Joanne Brady. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where I just tried to ask myself, what was it about my first event? that hooked me Mm -hmm. and I could think of so many things and the idea was what can I now do to be that for somebody else Mm -hmm. what what am I in my arsenal of tools capable of using to take someone who is a up-and-comer young you know attendee this is her first event and she's completely starstruck (laughs) Um, with one of the other attendees or something like that what can I do to help interact with her what can I do to include my friend Celine who I see at every event 
to make sure that she is acknowledged too. Just because she's my friend doesn't mean that I get to ignore her because, you know, of that. But also doesn't mean I get to use her as a safety blanket. Mm-hmm. You know, something along those lines. I asked questions. There was specific at, K- at uh, Kansas City. There was a bronze squirrel on one of the tables. Hmm. And I had to ask about him. I had to. I'm like, where do you see a bronze squirrel statue just randomly at one of these tables? And it was a perfect idea of conversing with someone and getting one-on-one attention with one of the instructors and they got to share something personal about them and their story about this squirrel. Hmm. You know, so I definitely wholeheartedly believe that I prefer to be on staff because I feel like I have direction and purpose and I can certainly do that at the next level is what I call it for me than just in my oh yeah she was really fun to dance next to you know she was another person I met she's now my family or whatever which is great I have so many of those people in my life and I'm so grateful for them as well and I cherish them as well but it's certainly more memorable when I think about how I met Joe or how I met Madison or even Rachel or Scott or anything like that and to just know that I can be that for somebody else and help make their memories amazing is is certainly something that I enjoy and I have a feeling you probably helped that being on staff at Hotlanta for sure. Hmm. I hope so. It also makes demoing a lot less awkward because you don't feel like the kids who snuck in behind the curtain, like, I know this dance, can I dance it with you? It's more like, oh, well, you know, since we're all colleagues here, I guess I'll just uh, come <laughs> oh. on. See, I, I've, just, I've actually always just loved the idea of demoing. I had to get over some fears, for sure, of going out there on my first couple ones. Mm-hmm. But now it's, I just, I enjoy it so much that I'm like, hey, I want a demo. Can I help you demo? Because, like you've said in the past, um, I just get to dance the dance for right. two walls or exactly. four walls or whatever the, the demo length ends up being. It's just, it's a shortened version of the dance. Mm-hmm. I just get to dance it. Speaking of which, uh, I was able to dance Party in the Back, choreographed by Christopher Gonzalez, um, which Rosie, Rosie Moltari, taught at Hotlanta. And that is one that she had taught at another event as well, and I was able to demo it there. And Marathon. Marathon. And oh, that was really nice of her. She, she likes the dance, so she's been teaching it uh, around at different places. And oh, it kind of felt nice to, to demo... My own dance, but as taught by someone else. Yes. Like, they, they like it enough to teach it. That was really nice. Right. Oh, and also, about circulating, uh, I want to give a shout-out to our, our friend from Country Soul Podcast, Byron Roberson. He says that uh, he can you know, send in a correction if this is, um, if this is an inaccurate portrayal, but um, I asked him recently, while he was moving around the room... Uh, I don't, maybe I wasn't even asking. I might have just commented that he does a really great job of circulating. He sees everyone all around the room, and I know I get stuck in a corner. I bring in my bag to whatever the, the country bar is. I set down my list so that I can write down all the dances, the playlist, and you know we can get to that for Hotlanta as well at some point. Uh, and I just kind of hang out there. You know, sometimes I'll 
I'll go out to like a different part of the floor if there's more space somewhere else. But because I brought stuff, the stuff because becomes my anchor. And even if I know people who are at the, the bar, I figure, oh, well, I'll see them eventually. I mean, we're going to be here for four hours. Eventually, we'll, we'll cross paths and you know, check in with each other. But he seemed to do it so naturally, just going to all the different clumps of people he knew and having these, from what I could observe, you know, friendly, unique interactions with each of them. And I pointed that out to him. He said, yeah, I just get restless if I stay in any place too long. I I just got to stay on the move. And I wish I had that, that uh, natural urge to break out of the cave. But for me, it's still something I need to tell myself uh, to do. It's like when I, okay, I'm going to go out and do this dance and then I'm going to sit down somewhere else if I'm at an event. Otherwise, I get cozy. I get, I get, I get my nest of stuff around me at my chair or my table. And then I, I don't, want to leave and I just I leave it to everyone else to maybe pass by this way and then I'll say hi to them but you know again just wanted to to commend our our friend Byron for that for being a friend to everyone and letting everybody know that uh, it's important that they showed up and that they matter and that you know they they all have a chance to be heard right and uh, he seemed to dance not just talk with but dance with all these different people at one point or another in different places mm-hmm. on the floor. And there were a couple where I would just be, you know, off in the corner doing some dance I knew, like right by my slide. And he would be, oh yeah, I know that one. So, cause he taught it and, and you know, he and I would both be dancing. I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. And knowing how that feels, I hope that I can share that feeling with other people when I go to events. Right. And maybe eventually it'll, it'll feel more natural for me. Yeah. I know for me, it was a lot of getting over, am I allowed to? Mm-hmm. It's not that it was like not something that occurred to me. It was, am I allowed to? And when I finally started saying, yes, you're allowed to go talk to other people. Yes, you're allowed to just sit down next to somebody else and strike up a conversation. You're allowed to. My whole dynamic changed and now I'm very much on the like I want to do more of that I want to talk to more people I want to get their story and I want to hear about them and why they're here and what brought them here and what it is about line dancing that keeps them coming back and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. Um, I don't circulate nearly as well as it sounds like Byron Mm -hmm. does uh, when it comes to my local bar Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. I have like the front, ha- the front portion of the bar, in front of the DJ, and to the three o'clock wall. So the twelve o'clock wall to the three o'clock wall is generally where I tend to just be naturally situated mm-hmm. and comfortable. Um, I do know that in the past I have met an amazing new friend in my life, and I cherish him so exponentially that words can't even describe. Um, And that came from me just sitting down next to him on the six o'clock wall while he was sitting out of a dance and just talking and striking up a conversation that way. So I definitely know that there's benefits to just sitting down to random strangers in the area. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's a little bit more, I think, for me, intimidating at a bar, Mm -hmm. being a female and having alcohol involved and unknown variables whereas at an event 
everybody's there for the same reason, Mm -hmm. basically. We're there to dance. We're having a good time. We're there to learn. We're here to have fun. And it's a totally different feel where it's like, I could set down my bag of stuff in a chair and walk away from it and not worry about it getting legs and walking out generally because we have people who check at the door to see that you even have a pass. Mm -hmm. And I know all the line dancers that I've ever met are of the opinion that we all consider this space very sacred Mm -hmm. and very important to all of us. So there's a whole different level of freedom that I've given myself that permission now and I plan on taking more of it, mm-hmm. starting with Nashville in, uh, what? Two days? A day and a half. <laughs> and then Vegas. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, to summarize some major points as I, as I look at the remaining time on the recorder, uh, just some things that stood out from the event. The competition, USLDCC was there. Uh, meals. 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 And uh, some of the late night dancing Plus, of course, workshops. So workshops happened. They happen at lots of events. I mentioned some of the ones uh, from earlier. Meals, I enjoyed... One of the things I like about you that, that I appreciate about you is how... And we've mentioned this before, probably in other episodes, is that not everybody uh, gets it. <laughs> like, they say, how can you travel this much? How do you know all these dances? Like, well, when you like it a whole lot, it just kind of happens. Like... You don't notice it happening until like, oh boy, this spreadsheet's getting awfully big. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's been my project the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so when you get to have meals with other folks who are on staff, some of them are kind of in that same boat of like, yeah, traveling, it messes with your sleep. Uh, your workouts. You, yeah, your workouts, if that's something that you do. Your diet, if that's something that you're focused on. But we all want to be there. We've all chosen this. And we can kind of compare notes and just see how everyone's doing. Like, how do you deal with this blah when it happens on the flight or whatever? Or how are you doing for this part of the performance? Because there was a performance on Saturday night. Uh, getting together with people in the hallway to do you know, impromptu show practice. Right. Uh, th- these are things that you wouldn't necessarily be, I don't want to say privy to, but like you wouldn't, un- you wouldn't know that these are happening at the event unless you're doing them at the event. Like if, if, you're a, if you're an attendee, you don't know that this kind of stuff happens behind the scenes. And I like that while these things are on my mind, like, oh, what's the part that comes after this other part right before the finale? Somebody else is thinking about that and you're not alone. You, mm-hmm. you, you can talk about it together. Uh, there was an instructor dinner where we got to meet other dancers on Saturday night as the JC Dance Productions will do, you know, from, I don't want to say from time to time, might be at all their events. It could be. Anyway, um, that's, that was a fun thing on Saturday. But in addition to that, we had an instructor lunch one of the days, as well as uh, a, a dinner of just John Robinson, Carrie Mouse, Jason Takahashi, Darren Bailey, and myself just sort of at the hotel restaurant, just sitting around and being casual. That was so fun. And I really look forward to you know, the next time we get to do something like that. And you know, of course, while well, you're there as well on staff. And so in addition to the meals and the performance, which <laughs> was fun, uh, we had an opening number and then um, 
then the girls did a part and then the guys did a part and then guys and girls partnered off for some West Coast swing inspired movement and then there was a big finale we all wore red uh, the other bit that I wanted to mention oh was the competition Adia 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 showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you and Royal ruin the surprise. I, I knew she was going. I didn't find out until I think Jason or somebody mentioned something. I was definitely surprised. And I'm happy that uh, she got to see this event and see what JC events are like. And it was kind of fun watching her reply to people's comments online, getting her perspective as somebody who's new to this world, but who's been you know, so involved in the line dance world in Southern California for however long she's been, um, she's been doing that. Uh, a lot of people will recognize her name from the music videos that she has put out, uh, one of which that uh, has been circulated heavily recently is Nothing But You by Darren Bailey. And that was quite a production. It's definitely something to see, something to Google if people are able. Uh, and she did, she did well for herself in the competition. I, I, would, uh, I would recommend if anyone would like to know the exact results uh, as far as you know, her placements and all that and which dances she, she placed with, uh, to send her a message. She'd probably love to give you more information uh, about any of that. And I'm happy that USLDCC was there. Of course, you know, being a JC event, naturally, it would be yes. there. But I like when that is there as like a little bonus of an event. So you're not just there for dancing, not just there for learning. Like there's something there that you might go out of your way for, to go to another state for that will be part of a bigger picture. You know, the USLDCC competition, the, the finals, um, the, the events that happen all over the country. You know, this, this is part of that bigger puzzle. I agree. Being, yeah. being one of those that used to participate in the competitions, I think they're extremely valuable assets to each of the events. Yeah. And it looks like we're running a little short on time, so I won't read all of our night's playlists. But just to give people a little sample, here's the first night. We had Slowly, Gently, Softly, Get Wild, Diggin', Ain't Misbehavin', Hand Clap, Second Time Around, Dive Right In, Shot of Tequila, Oops Baby, Taps, Graffiti, Music to My Eyes, The Bounce, Falling Walls, Sweet and Mentally Insane, Boots, Boys, Pieces, Lie to Me, and that was split with Lie to Me, I think just a little. Uh, Dance on My Island at 10.55 p.m. Electric Church, 85. Celtic Duo, Drop, Snap, Reverse, Sucker, Secrets We Keep, California, Rhythm Inside, Music to My Eyes, Play That Sex, Beautiful in My Eyes, Cake by the Ocean, In the Six, Throwback Love, Follow Me, Make It Shake, L-I-L-Y, All Catchy All Night Long, Lost in Love, No Stress, Have Fun, Go Mad, Gypsy in the Night, To the Moon and Back, Down to the Roots, Whip It, A.K. Freak, Simply the Best, Hurts Like a Cha-Cha, Pull You Through, Poetry in Motion, Hypnotized, Cha, Lonely Blues, Get a Moment, Tiptoe, Me Gusta, Witness, and we ended the night with Speechless at 1.17 a.m. Not a whole lot of crazy surprises, nothing too out of left field. A lot of what's been popular on the charts, a lot of what's been popular in the last few years, and then the next several nights were more or less in that vein. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we have a minute and a half left. Any final questions or thoughts regarding Hotline Line Dance Jam? Oh... I don't know. I think for the most part. Oh, real quick, brief minute. I heard you might have acquired some new uh, footwear. Dance shoes. Yes, if you're ever in an event where they're selling dance shoes, definitely talk with them about what would be best suited for you and your dance style. And um, I think they're they're one of the best, personally, investments I have made in dance in the last several years. 
I bought a pair of dance shoes from the same retailer at a Windy City, and then the following Vegas, I bought my first orthotic inserts. Those two have changed my dance world. And this is the first set of dance shoes uh, that I have uh, acquired with a heel. I'm very happy with how those are feeling so far. Oh, would you like to mention any of the places that we will be for the next few months? Any events we'll be attending? Well, obviously, in two days, we will be at Nashville Experience. I'm ecstatic about this. I've been chomping at the bit to get in here, and here we are about ready to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that we are teaching, officially teaching, at Vegas Line Dance Bla- or Explosion. Sorry. Nice. Uh, this year, so there's that. You'll be teaching. I will be attending Windy City as well as a Florida Line Dance Classic. Yay! Well, we hope to see you all there. This has been Megan Marcelia with Christopher Gonzalez for Line Dance Podcast. Until next time, we will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.